Hey, Josh. Hey, Nate. How you doing this week? I am doing pretty good. Um, we're recording on a Friday. It's almost the weekend. I'm uh, looking forward to that. Got some marketing done this week, which is, you know, always a win in my books, regardless of how well it went. So, uh, yeah, life's good. Cool, cool. That's Yeah, that's neat. You got a bit of marketing to do with two projects, right? So you just, you dip in toes into both those ponds or? Yeah, I know, right? I've actually been, uh, so uh, from last episode, we were talking about uh, doing some marketing for this testing thing that I've been working on. And so, uh, you know, ta-da, we have uh, testing taxi is um, the domain for that. Uh, Testing.taxi, you can check it out. There's a landing page there. And uh, so I did a bit of work with that and then um, kind of just gone back to working mostly on status list. So probably spent a day or so on testing taxi and then uh, kind of just trying to build up my asset with um, status list. And um, it's a lot of similar people going there, I think. Um, and so I'll just kind of cross, uh, cross pollinate that for now and just kind of focus my efforts in one area. So I don't, you know, get too thin and have nothing happening. Right. Right. Cool. Yeah. I do think there's a little bit of crossover with that. I think, I don't recall if that was a part of our recorded podcast last week, but I do think there is some crossover of potential audience, right. With Mm -hmm. people looking for, you know, that could be related looking up status list terms and whatnot, but talking about it's kind of technical types of jargon and things like that, but also could relate to, to testing as well. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. How are, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a interesting week. Um, kids are off again, all of a sudden, it just always seems oh. like there's always a day off. Uh, <laughs> just got back from spring break, but there's a, a day off. It's a Friday here as well. Not that nice. any, any, we have any time lapse differences. I think we're even in the same time zone, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, things are going well. Um, like I said, like uh, softball season has started, so that's been interesting. It's just, it's been nice out, but there's also like a lot of pollen out. So, I'm I'm not one that always gets allergies, but um. I have people in my family that do, so they're, they're having uh, a rough time with the tree pollen. Yes, yes, spring and fall, it's uh, tough for those people. Nice. Okay, Cool. well, um, I think today we are going to look at, we'll do another episode of Would You Buy This Sass? Um, oh, yeah. And so that's the game where we go through um, some SaaS listings um, from various places on the internet. Today, we're going to look at uh, acquired acquired.com uh, a couple listings from there and kind of evaluate, you know, do we think this would make a good business investment? Uh, what might we do to make sure it's a good investment or, you know, make sure it has a return. And uh, yeah. What do you think? I love this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always got to remember it. I don't, I think we've only done it officially once we've done other variants of it. Like when we, mm. I would say way back a couple of years ago when we first started and you were vetting different ideas, we kind of played that game a bit like in mm-hmm. reverse. It was like, Hey, I'm thinking about this category. What do you think? How would we market it? How would yeah. we, you know, that type of thing. So it's kind of similar, like just think on your feet a bit of like, uh, what patterns do we see that type of thing? Um, yeah. but, uh, when did we play the one with, I think it was, it might've been just called micro acquire at that time, but do you know how mm. long ago that was? 
I don't know, it's got to be at least a couple months, but my, my time references are never very good. <laughs> I'd say at least <laughs> six months. So. Sure. Well, I think we got to bring this back more often because it's just fun and probably yeah, sharpen so. some skills too. So cool. So you picked uh, three, I believe, mm-hmm. right? So yep. um, why don't you explain them all and I'll take a, explain each, we'll go through one at a time and then mm-hmm. uh, we'll take a crack yep. at them. Okay, so first up, we have a, um, a Gmail and Outlook AI Chrome extension to help Bruce business business productivity is what the listing says. Um, they are asking for um, thirty five thousand, and they are making um, twenty three thousand in profit um, in the last year, and so. Um, kind of what they're doing is they're helping people to, um, simplify their email responses and you just, you know, click on the extension it auto formats or changes up your response, I guess. Um, and they're kind of, they say that they're kind of like a market leader in this area and it's a, a recurring revenue, uh, sort of model, uh, freemium with, uh, it's $8, $9 a month. Um, Mm -hmm. and it works on Chrome. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess as the first thing, I my gut instinct right away is probably a no to, to buying it. Um, mostly because I would view it personally as, and like some of these AI things nowadays, I feel like this one is especially ripe for, uh, like, I don't know, say platform risk, but Gmail mm-hmm. and Outlook to instantly build this stuff right into their platform. I already feel like Gmail has a lot of things like this with a lot of like autocomplete and sort of anyone that is doing any sort of text, like creation uh, Mm -hmm. content areas, essentially is adding this as a like, here, suggest this or give it a prompt, like help me like just AI assistant and Gmail uh, and Outlook. If you look at the two companies behind them, Google and Microsoft, (laughs) <laughs> two of the biggest players and are in the spotlight for AI related things. So yeah. it's only natural that they're doing it and on these probably heavily user-based platforms. So I see a massive platform risk. Yeah, definitely. And like the, uh, these companies are incentivized to put this in the platform themselves, right? It's not like it's kind of an area that they just wouldn't touch. Yeah. Like maybe you could get ahead for a little while by having, you know, more nuanced uh, completions or something like that. But I think eventually they're going to catch you. Just the amount of resources behind uh, Gmail and Outlook and the, the fact that everybody is heading in this direction right now, I think is a, a good indicator that it's not going to go super well. Um, and also right. just looking at the the founding date on this company is founded in January 2023. So this year, um, my guess is they're probably just basing it off of ChatGPT or something like that. Um, and like Microsoft owns most of that, right? Um, yeah. they're going to get a much better rate on that API access than you are. Um, so, yeah. I think I read that they're taking a big loss on running it. Like at something I read maybe yesterday or something, but they essentially Microsoft is footing a bill that is like $700,000 a day, just to <laughs> like even at rates people are paying or whatever. Um, yeah. So maybe it was even more. I don't know. I wouldn't, if I was a, couple orders of magnitude off on that number probably wouldn't be a a surprise either way but um 
but yeah, it's, yeah, that's it's, all. Uh, yeah, that's a whole other discussion. That's that is very interesting. Yeah. Okay, so uh, AI Chrome extension, maybe not. We'll take a pass on that one. Well, quick note on that too. On just and I saw like a post on this the other day. Someone posted something about the AI stuff, and I do agree it's super interesting. But it's also like everyone has access to the same thing, so the playing mm-hmm. field is fairly level. And and also the fact that any of the any business that has like a few months of like they're getting out for a reason, <laughs> and also. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just feel like you're if you're if you're buying at this point in the curve, it's probably like yeah, I don't know. You either had to be early on like the uh was it like Copy AI and Jasper, like ones that mm. already had like a they already yeah. have like a brand and they already have like all these things and how many of these things are going to just just disappear or just are trying to be offloaded. Like so, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I, totally. I'm a weary. Yeah, and even like the the brand power too, right? If it's such a young company, they don't really have much brand power unless they are some sensation, but they obviously aren't because, I don't know, we've never heard of them. Um, right. I mean, on the flip side, any of these, it's funny how many times you hear of a story of um, like a platform risk. and But at the same time, even when it's obvious like these features are built into or obvious to us that this feature ends up getting built in and, and, and will like, even if they did have a built-in feature, people would still get the extension and people will still pay. And sure. use it. It's, it's funny is how that, how that works or people that are already paying for it. They're like, well, I'm used to this one. I like this one. Mm-hmm. It knows me. It gets me. Yeah. <laughs> it's my AI friend, <laughs> um, but it, it, and they'll just stick with it. So also, but I mean, if their churn is, like if they're going to turn through that base in, in a couple months anyway, like then you yeah. might not have any sticking power, but this one's listed at like $35,000. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of faith in it still yeah. being around. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Let's go to number two. So number two is a full SEO tool set for bloggers and small businesses. Basically, they have an app that they um, they say works for keyword research, rank tracking, site audit, organic traffic data, backlink checking, content creation, and more. Um, they have they're asking for two point five million, and they have uh, one million per year in revenue. Um, so that's almost a two x multiple on that. Um, yeah, and they. I'm just trying to see if they have. So they're competing. They're competing with like a Ahrefs, Semrush, those sorts of people, and um, they don't say much about their pricing. Like how much they charge for the tool. Right. Yeah, I don't think I'll all that that's always included. I mean, I guess you can back napkin math it because it says you know seven thousand paying recurring subscribers. So. Um, and at, uh, yeah, and at 1.3 revenue. So I don't know. Yeah. Just the quick math on that. 7,000 divided by 1.3. It's like, uh, almost 200 bucks a month. 200 a month. No, 200 a year. Divided by 12, 200. 200 a year. So it's pretty small. 
15 a month. Yeah. That's pretty cheap. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So, um, okay. so yeah, I don't know. You want to take your first crack at it? I took a first crack at last. <laughs> sure. Um, I do think it's. Let's also assume you have the money. Let's just we'll just. Yeah, of course. Yeah, assuming you have, <laughs> assuming you have the money. Um, I guess what I see with this is like I, I don't see like a a path to differentiation, um, especially when you have these these like bigger players like Hrefs and Semrush. Um, like I feel like they have a pretty good handle on the market, especially in terms of like rank tracking and that sort of thing. Um. They are kind of like the de facto standard in that market, as far as I understand. Um, and I'm like just from looking over their um, their business here, it doesn't. I'm not seeing a way that you could really differentiate um, and kind of make a head. I am encouraged that they have seven thousand customers. Like that's pretty neat. Um, you know, the fact that you've got a whole bunch of people paying and not just like you know ten customers paying lots of money. Um, the low price point is a little bit concerning too. Um, just because if people aren't paying much for it, then like, are they actually getting much value out of it? And do you have much, uh, margin in like with which to like give them good value out of it? Uh, so I'm a little concerned about that. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, this one, okay. Did you, I don't remember if you said the price to people. So yeah. Uh, uh 2.5 million, 2.5 million at a, like a 1.9 X revenue multiple is what what it says on sure. the site um yeah I, i'm i'm this one i'm in the middle on um the price is a big price tag so um, hmm. again that's why i had to say let's just assume we have the money but um this one's interesting because you know one of the competitors listed is also called se ranking which i do use i use se ranking and i use ahrefs uh, but what's interesting is i see ranking i I think I bought it on one of those like lifetime deal values, mm. but then later upgraded. Um, one's rare cases <laughs> where you actually like upgrade to to a like you know increase your volume or whatever. And uh, I like both tools. I probably, with some level of effort, could like you know you some of the things SE ranking does very well, which is like the rank tracking aspect of it, mm -hmm. like Ahrefs makes you pay a lot more for that. But Ahrefs backlink data is a lot better. So it's like they have two different use cases. And hmm. for me to have both tools is okay. So what I do wonder is without, like if I really look deeply at the SEO market, cause it's at least a well-established large market. SEO isn't dead. I don't think it's really going away anywhere. It will still be a viable channel for a very long time. Yeah. Um, despite what the chat GPTs tell you, I think. <laughs> Regardless, uh, it's is there is there a seven power sort of niche in there, right? There's like, if you look at the even Ahrefs and SE ranking, there are they they optimize for different types of customers. So, sure. I'm just wondering if there's if there's another little wedge in there, what, what, where this company has found this much traffic and found this much revenue, right? There's something working. I, I do yeah. wonder what that sort of positioning is. And maybe it's a, right now it's a small team. It just says there's two people. So I, I also wonder maybe they, they're just tired and they, 
Yeah, they want to just cash in. Ideas just don't know where to go next, and it's just getting burned out. And it's like, oh, could someone with fresh ideas and whatever, with a solid base, you know, take this, take this further? Because it's selling at a fairly uh, low multiple, considering. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. This one um, would definitely do more diligence on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think really digging into like that part of like what niche could you could you go after that the bigger players are not optimizing for, um, especially when you're talking about using like other tools that um, that could kind of like get you some of the things that the big players don't get you, or that are cheaper or something like that. Um, that could right. be interesting. And and another another quick point is uh, what's funny is years ago. Uh, Neil Patel bought a a uh, SEO tool called Ubersuggest, and he basically mm-hmm. made it like a free thing. So he sort of took it and turned it into an engineering as marketing type of thing and used it as like a, a lead magnet to get customers and whatnot, which yeah. is kind of smart, right? Like if, if this was at a lower price point, this could be that sort of type of bet, but also having to really understand what it cost to operationally run this because i'm sure it's not cheap right With, yeah for sure you know from the back end scraping things and whatnot like it's not cheap to necessarily try to have this data uh if that's what they sort of provide from an seo front so. yeah well it looks like their operating cost is around three hundred thousand a year that doesn't seem that high mm-hmm. um yeah so i'm curious what they're doing and actually like you talk about uber suggest i actually have uh, one of the lifetime plans from them um for their database um, okay. Yeah. There you go. I've been. You I've been uh, using other ones too, right? So, like, that's the other interesting well, thing is like people. I'm, can I'm a little. Tools. I'm a little biased because okay. just lately I've gotten Ahrefs, and it's just a world of difference for me. Like, I just find it works so much better than like Uber Suggest and any of the other tools I've used. Um, yes, it doesn't give me some of those things like like rank tracking because I don't have the, the expensive plan. Um, but like I can rank track for my own sites, which is mostly what I care about at this point. Um, I'm not too deep into it, but, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I have a lot of fun over there. No, I mean, it's like, I think the point you made is from a differentiation standpoint, like Ahrefs has a superior product. I feel like that's just, just from an engineering standpoint, from the way it operates, the way it works, like their content is amazing. Like they have, you know, people that are new to SEO, it's. I could always be like, go go take a trust SEO beginner course. And it's like, there's yeah. so many people that any time that it gets brought up, they essentially get word of mouth, right? So mm-hmm. they have a, a massive footprint in that market, but it is a big market. So it wouldn't be necessarily like a, uh, it's almost like, could you find a niche within, <laughs> within, yeah. uh, within them? But they are a massive market leader. And I think you're right. There's it'd be challenging to find the right differentiation superior product is not the one you're going to go battle against <laughs> might mm-hmm. be something else so. okay so maybe on the seo tool for bloggers and small businesses yeah okay and our third one here is a collaborative collaborative presentation tool for creative teams okay and so this is um they pitch themselves as a Figma, Google Slides, PowerPoint alternative. Um, they are asking for 500000 
which is a 5.6x revenue. Um, they're doing 60,000 in profit per year. And um, yeah, basically they're doing presentation management um, so you can build presentations in there and um, share those with people and work on them with others at the same time. They kind of say they're, you know, they're a bunch of coders. They're not really into marketing. That's why they want to sell. They want to go build a new thing. Um, and they do, um, they did raise some money for it at one point. Hmm. So I wonder how that works. I'm, I'm assuming you're buying the asset. So it's like, you don't assume any of that, that obligation. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure it's saying it's a, the, the raise was a safe. I don't really know much about that. It's almost like interesting why you would even put that in there. It's sort of why, why yeah. is that relevant for this, this case, unless you are assuming but this also says we don't have any debt so anyway yeah it could be just saying like hey our thing is good enough that people gave us money at one point that could be what it is um so what do we think uh my my initial is probably a pass but um i am just looking at the revenue and just thinking about well looking at the revenue and the space so going you know Ninety thousand uh, dollars in annual revenue. Uh, they always say TTM, which I think is trailing twelve month. I think, I think so. Yeah, that's what yeah. The, the TTM always is. So, but a sixty thousand dollar TTM profit. So they're not paying themselves. So because we're talking about <laughs> two people, so at that level you can kind of pretty much tell that essentially yeah. it means you're paying five hundred thousand dollars for a $60,000 a year job. <laughs> that is a two percent yeah. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not pretty, it's not, it doesn't have much room to like, get, you're going to have to put more money into it, whether it's your own runway or other mm -hmm. things too. It's not going to just like some of these other ones, like that SEO one is probably like, I could just pick it up and it will, at It'll least, make money. Like I can take my time on like exploring and figuring out what I want to do next once I have the asset in place. But this is sort of like you buy this, the clock starts ticking, the five hundred thousand dollars you just spent on it starts ticking, and mm -hmm. um, that would be initially a little off-putting. Um, <laughs> and then I don't know enough about the space. I feel like this is one of those spaces that no one has a strong particular affinity to like like using your slide deck like once you might build a slide deck or something like that it's um not a hugely collaborative tool like you might build a deck once and you keep it there uh, but at the same time like with google slides and all these other canva you know all these other easier things to just build slides in like i don't feel like there's a very strong I don't know, uh, moat or affinity towards these tools. And then there's even more on the rise, like Miro and all these other things. Everything has a canvas now of some sort. I yeah. just saw, uh, we use Confluence and they released a litany of new features, like basically a built-in <laughs> Notion type of database. They're adding whiteboarding built in. They're adding AI. Like it, there was this list of five things. I'm like, oh yeah, these are to make them parody with everyone else. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like there's there's even more people crowding this type of space. Yeah. Well, where I think where I think it might 
be that like this has an edge is that they're focused on creative teams. And I think creative teams have to do a lot of presentations. Like I don't know a lot about that space, but from what I can tell, um, it's like, you know, you, you do your work for a day or two and then you've got to present to the team. And uh, so you're forever making these presentations. And if there is some um, shortcuts or optimizations that this tool has come up with for those people in particular, um, I wonder if that's maybe where their edge is on the market. Because like, I agree, like PowerPoint is like a solved problem in most respects. Um, and like there's- Whether you love it. <laughs> exactly. And like, there's like 50 million other alternatives that are kind of niche or whatever specific. Um, and that's why I wonder if this is maybe one of those niches and maybe they've just kind of like, that's their area. Um, but yeah, the, I think to take a chance on this though, like, like I am, cause I also look at it too. Like they say that they haven't done a whole lot of marketing. So it'd be interesting to kind of dig into what that means. Um, but like, I could really, I can really understand that where it's like, oh, this is a team who built something, didn't really know how to market. And so if somebody knows how to market, they could maybe turn this thing around. Um, the, the asking price seems a little high, but, uh, yeah. I mean, asking price seems massively high to me. Like if it is just built, you, we built a tool, <laughs> um, and now, and I don't know, my only counterpoint to yours is like, for teams, what te types of teams do a lot of presentations? Sales and marketing, mm -hmm. arguably, right? Or internal execs or internal leaders trying to trying to get resources or things like that. So, and I like their their one line of growth opportunity. We are makers, not salespeople or marketers. So it also makes me go, well, uh, then to counter your point, what did they build? <laughs> <laughs> if this is like if they don't know that market if they're makers like is this i, I don't know i'm, I'm probably yeah, not okay. too much at this point but you know if they were were to build a great power tool for that market but they're saying they're not those people themselves either so do they have an insight on like on this i wonder i do wonder like how they got their customers uh like what what uh what makes them stand out mm -hmm. maybe there is some deep tech in there that could be interesting to the right person but i don't see that mentioned much in here it's, it's the only differentiation they have or what they do say about it is teams working simultaneously and a mix of figma and powerpoint which figma's big superpower is like like collaborative usage i think mm -hmm. yeah so interesting well, I think this one, uh, come to a decision on it. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. think it's, I think it's a pass. Okay. So we have, uh, a, so to, to quick review, we had a AI, uh, Gmail extension, Gmail, Gmail extension, uh, Gmail and Chrome AI extension to help use productivity. Uh, that was a pass. Uh, the SEO tool, most expensive one on the block for $5 million. Um, that was a possible. That was a maybe uh, to dig into. And then last is, um, oh, actually, wait a second. That's weird. Um, is this right? Like, I think the page just refreshed on me. But on the SEO tool, now it says $2.5 million. Was it $2.5 Yeah, it always was, it always was $2.5 uh, million. Why did, I, did, why did I have five in my... 500,000 is the last one. 
Ah, okay, that's why. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, there we go. Sorry, I was like, wait a second. And then, uh, so yeah, we were maybe on the SEO tool that was listed for 2.5, or at least do more diligence on. And then yeah. a uh, on the $500,000 kind of creative tool by, by engineers, um, uh, we were a pass on that. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Cool. All right. Um, I don't know. Anything else you want to cover while we're chit-chatting? I think the uh, this, those uh, would we buy this SaaS is good time. Um, I don't know. Like, did you have any thoughts around the uh, that whole AI thing? Right, like they have that AI extension, and it seems like everyone's building in those AI things. Yeah, I'm just, uh, like I said before, I'm just generally worried about it. It's just like, I feel like any of this, you just have to wait for the dust to settle to see what is real. Like once the hype mm -hmm. dies down a bit, like what is really going to matter? Because I've tinkered with a couple tools and it is super interesting because you're like, ooh, I've never thought about it, but how how good is the AI? How well can it like mm -hmm. help problem X? And honestly, I was looking at it for like a, chat support type of thing. Hey, can it answer? Like, can it, there are a couple, there's probably at least three or four tools. There's probably more. There's probably thousands at this point, but <laughs> that <laughs> will like scan your website, bring in yeah. your content, and then essentially uh, can be a little chat bot to answer some questions, right? So there's one I've been reluctant to use that one an indie founder is out there that I forgot his name off, off the top of my head, but his looks interesting. I just have to wait till I like have the brain space to sit down and try it because he yeah. also charges for it right away or sure. Um, Cause I think it, you know, uh, which, which makes sense. Um, there was another one that didn't, but then I looked at some of them, they, they have limitations. They add like how much, how many pages they'll scan and things like that. So it's sort of a balance between like, I want to know how much it can get before I throw questions at it and see what happens. And there's, mm -hmm. The challenge is you have to investigate all these to see if they're like worth the salt on, on is it going to actually solve a problem before you put it up in front of customers. Because oh yeah, there was one I looked at yesterday. For, someone commented on something I said in on Twitter, and I saw in their bio like, "Hey, I have this support." I was like, "Yeah, let me look at it," and I clicked on it. And then I'm playing with their little bot on their website that's supposed to be support for their website. Sure. And I asked it a question. I said, oh, do you have, you know, I I forgot. I was like, oh, who's this target for? And it was a pretty vanilla answer. I was like, okay. And the second question I asked was like, oh, do you have an affiliate program? And it was yeah. like, it was like, go look. It said, yes, we do. Go look at the pricing. It's right under there. And I go look at the pricing and it wasn't under there. <laughs> and it was that typical thing that I think a lot of people end up seeing is like when AI just starts to make stuff up that sounds yeah. plausible. Yeah. And I'm like, okay so it's not true at all and yeah. like that's what i would worry about especially chat support like you don't want it answering questions inaccurately yes. with and and coming across as an authority right like yeah yeah for your customers i mean that's scary i've definitely had problems with that where like um i think it was before any of the chat gpt stuff some of the big telecom companies would have like a, a an ai powered um help tool and it was marketed as like a chat bot, right? Like you just ask it questions. And it was so frustrating, like never even close 
to what you wanted. And I'm sure like the the chat GPT ones are a bit better, but still like they're they do often mess it up. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. like when this is a, a potential customer or even a paying customer, like we need to treat them better than that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the best cases I find are, are so far looking at ones where you're just having it do a task for you, but you're still going to be the editor and the gut check of all the things. So like yeah. we joked about, or we used a, to title a uh, an episode of ours when we couldn't come up with a, a good title for uh, one of the podcast episodes. But those are great because it's just like, here's a litany of ideas and you get to pick and then you alter and you sort of move from there. But we're still the the uh, gatekeeper of before it mm-hmm. gets to the end person, you know, yeah. or if it's helping someone create an outline and yet you're still the person that's writing the content or vice versa, you're writing the content and then you're actually editing and doing your own research and correcting, but where people are going to get in trouble, where if they aren't a good editor or aren't going to play the authority figure, the parent, <laughs> <laughs> that's the great example. This is a perfect one. Like uh, yeah. my son came home the other day and is like, uh, what do you say? He's like, so-and-so is not going to, to uh, Taekwondo. And we're like, wait, no, his parents said he is. We have text messages. And he's like, nope, he said at school that such and such, that such and such, and they're not going. And then we're like, mm, yeah, no, I don't know. It's like, you can't totally believe it yet. But like an AI, it required us to go retext the parents being like, hey, we want to verify just that uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, their friend is still going to Taekwondo and we should still be doing the carpool. Cause, yeah. Uh, but it. <laughs> But then we were talking to him. He's like, well, I don't know. That's just what he said. And it's just like, uh, yeah, yeah, felt like that. <laughs> it's exactly like that too, but like very convincing, right? Like some of the mm-hmm. stuff that it comes up with, um, I've used, I've played around with it a little bit for uh, writing articles and it's really nice for doing like an outline or whatever, but yeah, you definitely have to pay attention because it's very subtle and convincing. Um, some of the things that it'll say that like actually aren't true or like, like completely made up. Right. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. Like where you're still kind of gatekeeping and you're using it as like a, a research tool or a, something to kind of help you organize your thoughts kind of thing. It can be really helpful. Yeah. Or like things like change the tone of this or change the angle. And it's like, it can get you somewhere to get you started. Yeah. But yeah, just that's scary when it, cause I've heard of people saying where it mentions citations that don't exist or like literal stuff that doesn't exist, even though it was pointed to the right resources, like pointed to, um, here's a list of blog articles and like the top 10 X and then you ask it and it would, you know, give you the not top 10 order, even though it was given that as part of its set. So I don't know, but yeah. it's probably all in the prompts. Like how do you prompt it? But the vanilla ways to do it and the, the errors is like, you have to still figure out how to, how to yeah. use it effectively. So actually really cool use case I did the other day was I took my status list landing page and I just like selected all the text on it, pasted that in. And I said, mm-hmm. tell me all of the questions that a potential customer for this site would have that are not answered on this page. Nice. And um, it had some pretty good stuff on there. Like it was like, I tried it with a couple of different things to kind of like A, B test it and see if there's like, you know, maybe something that it's like just, you know, answering to everything. Um, but like there's like two or three like really good things and the rest were kind of just, you know, pre-canned responses. I think it gives to every website, but. Right. Right. But if you got like 
two or three nuggets out of that. Those are like two or three objections or two or three questions that, you know, potentially could be questions that get answered for a customer that make them actually sign up versus mm -hmm. not. Right. So yeah, nice. totally. Love that. That's a great idea. Like pressure test this, like see if there's any holes. I'm not going to trust you that there's real holes, but if you find one or two nuggets like that, might, that's worth it. Right. Yeah, so. totally. Cool. All right. Uh, what else you got? Well, I think that's all I have for today, unless you have anything else. No, not that that'll, uh, but I could probably say in the next 10 minutes that wouldn't just totally blow through our normal time. Yeah, people are like, you know, people are walking and they're listening to this or they're on their, their commute and they're like, come on guys, like wrap it up here. I want to stop walking. <laughs> I don't have any problem with that. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I'll just stop. Like I'll stop yeah. mid think. I, I've seen people say that in general, like, hey, I need 15 minute bite-sized podcasts because that's like how much I that's how much I spend my time like, you know, prepping dinner each day. And that's when I listen to podcasts. So I need it to like start yeah, wrap up. Give me the thing and then wrap up. And so I like have a have a complete circle. But anyway. <laughs> well, this one might be a two-parter. <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Nate. See you, Josh. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you want to chat with us, we're on Twitter. I'm at Nate Bosher, and Josh is at JLogic. If you're a new listener, uh, check out some of our most popular episodes. Episode 52, 7 Years to 22 MRR and Zombie Startups, or Episode 30, Review Sites Are a Necessary Evil and Hacks to Get Around Them. Thanks again. <laughs>